Welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Hello and welcome to another edition of the podcast of Food Bites with Sarah Patterson. I say podcast because there's a radio version of this, which is on the ACE Radio Network across regional Victoria, New South Wales, Sunday morning at 9 o'clock if you're up and about and want to have a listen. It's the highlight of my Sunday morning, Kevin, just as you are. (laughs) (laughs) People are screaming, get a life. This is where you say, turn it up. Get a life. Turn it up. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Welcome to the show. It's a beauty. We've got a terrific food pile. We've got an absolute... Terrific guest too. She's a ripper. I have fun every week with the guests we speak to, Kevin, but this week in particular, Tara Rushton, sports presenter, but also busy mum, wife of Cooper Cronk, two little boys, and she is... I thought you said Cooper Cronk was two little boys. (laughs) (laughs) And her her life is is as you would imagine a busy mum's would be. We find out what she's like in the kitchen, what she's like outside of the kitchen, what she loves, what she doesn't, and she's just loads of fun. Some people will not know that Tara has actually, even though she she looks after the A League and uh, and A League women's coverage for Channel mm. Ten, but she plays as well, or did. Yes. Find out if that's still occurring <laughs> later on, uh, as we speak to Tara Rushton very shortly. And in the food poll this week, Kevin, I almost had sort of shades of uh, KFC going through my head when I came up with this one. Mm-hmm. I've put mashed potato Yum. right Yum. up against corn on the cob. Yum. Yeah, Yum. yeah. It, it's hard to split them, isn't it? You'll find out. The voting is, I have to say... It's gone off. ...the closest ever. Oh. The closest voting ever. Can't so wait. that's coming up in our food poll. And, <laughs> of course, that goes up every Friday across all the uh, social media platforms, whether it's Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. They're always, it's always there. So uh, vote. Mm. Uh, if it goes up on a Friday. You can vote across the weekend and we'll let you know what happens uh, in our corn versus mash. <laughs> but there's no, uh, no battle going on here. This is time for Tara Rushton. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Tara, welcome. Thank you so much for speaking to us. I guess we'll get straight to uh, the kitchen. Is it a happy place for you and uh, and how do you rate yourself as a cook? Okay, straight to the guts of it. So <laughs> I do love the kitchen because it's a bit of the heart of our home. I have to be completely honest, I'm a pretty average cook. I can get through the bare minimums. I do have a signature dish, but of course, I've got to feed two little ones of just over two and a half and five. So I've got to prep their dinners and make sure that they're being fed and everything's relatively healthy. But when it comes to where I spend most of my time, it's of course feeding two hungry boys, but it's also wouldn't be the place where I would say I thrive and I'm in my natural environment. So you've got a signature dish though. Yes, here we go. Oh, here we go. Uh, the big signature dish is nachos. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Loaded nachos, lots of guacamole and, and sour cream. Honestly, it's a bit of a running joke in my family. My husband's like, oh, so what are you going to cook tonight, nachos? <laughs> I look at him and I'm like, are you not sick of them by now? And he goes, well, you can always evolve and turn it into Mexi bowls. So if it's not nachos, it's just Mexi bowl. And honestly, people are coming over. I'm like, don't worry. I'll just whip up some nachos. Now it's really laid with the mint and some beautiful seasoning. And the way I talk about it, of course, it's building myself up as opposed to building myself back down. But 
yes, it is a running joke that it's the nachos for me, and it can it's pretty much on rotation once a week. <laughs> Very good. No, that'll do. No, there's nothing wrong with that at all. What did you? What, what, what are your memories of your childhood uh, eating growing up? Okay, so. It's, it's really interesting when I think of my childhood and both of my parents worked full time, they were both in the Navy. So I spent a lot of time before school, after school and in holidays, either with family friends of, of Navy parents or um, with my grandma in WA, my grandma and my grandfather in, in WA. So uh, when I think about growing up, I, I think about childhood memories of my dad looking after me and we'd eat brebbles for dinner or, uh, and we're just working with me here, <laughs> my poor father. So it would be cream corn in the brebble or it would be baked beans or we'd do cheese on toast or we'd even, you know, sometimes splurge and have a microwave dinner. So dad wasn't super strong in the kitchen, but then my mum, my late mother is from Burma, Myanmar, and so, I mean, the palate and the food that I would get when I was, at my grandparents' house in WA, and then also when Mum cooked up, was so different from, you know, white bread toasted sandwiches. It was brown noodles, mahinga, lots of chili, lots of spice, egg curries, beef curries, pork curries. Incredible, incredible food. So there's a real, there's no balance in that, right? So you've got these amazing flavors that Mum would occasionally cook up, but definitely when I stayed at my grandparents' house, that was on the menu, but when Dad was looking up, <laughs> looking after my brother and I, um, it was pretty simple, you know, sometimes a sausage in a sandwich situation. So which was your favourite? Definitely the Burmese food. Burmese food is incredible <laughs> and we definitely, my father definitely started eating a lot more spice and my mum, I always laugh, we'd go to restaurants and she'd get into her handbag and pull out a little Tupperware container of ground chili and she'd carry it everywhere. So, you know, you'd be you'd go you go for a spaghetti bolognese, but you'd ex, you know, she'd be pulling out her little container, her little secret stash of chili powder. So she she'd make all her all her own chili sauces and she'd grind up all the chili to make chili powder from dried chilies. So I definitely have that spicy palate from my mum for sure. How would it have been putting some of that uh, Burmese uh, Burmese cuisine in the uh, the Breville toasted sandwiches? I mean, I'm actually really surprised that my dad didn't try. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think he missed a trick there as a 10-year-old. You know, what are you doing, Dad? Put the leftovers in there. There's such a, uh, a sense of nostalgia, I imagine, attached, though, to the uh, to the toasted sangers. So, wonder- wonderful food. I, I, I mean, this is it. I'm calling it a breville. <laughs> I, I can still see that indentation of the breville, but yeah, it was it was definitely you know it was it was. Dad's strength is still not the kitchen. He's still around, so he he comes over and has the nachos at our house once a week. There you go. Um, but yeah, but we you know we cook lots of we, we cook lots of meat on the barbie, and we we pop in a roast chook, but there's a lot of meat and free veg at my house. It's, it's three boys and, and me, so I'm I'm kind of happy to eat whatever. So it's really a, a matter of, Tara, I guess, having uh, young kids, as we can understand too, that you, you really want to just serve up one meal ideally and not have to serve up three or four to please everybody. So it never happens that way, and that is the <laughs> ideal world where it's five o'clock and the oven's on or you've got the sausages on the barbecue and you, you you know, grating some carrot and making a side salad for your kids. 
it never goes to plan. So my youngest, Harley, definitely has the Burmese blood. He's into sauce. He's into sushi. He's into really exotic foods. And my oldest, Lenny, um, likes cheesy pasta. He likes sausages with no sauce. He doesn't want to try the sushi. He doesn't want to try anything that has a sauce on it or a marinade. And, of course, he loves ice cream. So it's just this polar opposite. It kind of it makes me think about my upbringing of, of being that mix between really, you know, like the Anglo kind of food and the Burmese food as well. I have two boys that literally eat quite different things. So Harley's got this really saucy, spicy taste about him. He'll look at your food and if it's, you know, it's like a buri sushi or you've got some takeaway and it's got all the sauce on it, he'll come over and just put it in his mouth and lick it and because he wants to try it, whereas Lenny will look at it and go, no, not for me. Oh, dear, so, dear. I know. So, it's, you know, we, last night I think we had two different meals on the go and then we ate, um, we ate chicken wings. So it was three different meals on the go last night. That's pretty standard, unfortunately, yeah. for us. How uh, how does coffee factor into the uh, into the daily routine for you, Tara? Regularly, mm. it, it it's factored in regularly. Look, I I I am a yeah, I love coffee. Um, I I drink a long black with a dash of oat milk because I just find a long black can be a little bit sharp in the morning. But I probably drink two coffees a day. I don't feel the need to have any more than that. And I do sleep really well since having kids because. They're really exhausting. <laughs> job. So I don't necessarily have that problem where you have a coffee at 3 p.m. and you can't sleep. I'm out. The lights are out. I'm out. So I, I definitely, I love a coffee. Tara, I wanted to talk about uh, the, the FIFA Women's World Cup of this year. And, and you said just recently, for you, that was the most incredible tournament that you've ever experienced. Not only did it captivate all of us as a nation, but it brought us all together at a time that we really needed it most. You're exactly right. I think something so special happened and I wasn't overly surprised, if I'm completely honest, about the power of these women, what they stand for, uh, the ability for them to, and for us to see ourselves in, in the players. And I always knew that, Football and these athletes were incredible, and that the story the storylines would be would be incredible. It was really interesting in lead up to the tournament. I think, you know, one of the big parts of the campaign of this World Cup arriving on the shores was about being able to convince people that it would be a great quality, that it would be entertaining, that the athletes would be incredible athletes and superstars. And this is the thing. That you didn't need convincing. You didn't need convincing when you watched what was taking place in front of you. And it was truly incredible. It absolutely moved the dial on, on athletes, on all athletes and on the game. And I think what's so special about the Matildas is that you speak to them, you talk to them, you spend time with them, and they are exactly like you or I. I mean, except incredible athletes and they're really talented with a ball at their feet. But they're so humble and um, they, they know the impact that they've had and I think they've even been swept up by the impact of the World Cup and what they've done for this country. It, is, it was truly remarkable. 
And the Courtney Vine moment goes down as one of the great moments in Australian sporting history, does it not? It absolutely does. Everyone will look back at that final penalty against France and say, can you remember, can you remember where you were? <laughs> you know, were you watching at a bar in Croatia? Were you sitting on the couch with your mum and dad? And it is one of those iconic moments. We have hung our hat on Kathy Freeman and that incredible moment at the Olympics for, for such a long time. And every one of us has a different lens of how old we were during the, uh, the Olympic Games at that time and the impact it had on us. And I think Courtney Vine and that moment is another one of those. And just truly incredible. I, I let Lenny um, stay up and we we're watching the game and then he actually turned around to me and he said, Mummy, why are you crying? And it was, it, I, I guess it makes me emotional now because that's the power of sport. Yep. Yeah, it gives you goosebumps every time I think about that. Mm. Was a, was a hell of a moment. The the trick now, Tara, is to is to turn the uh, the women's A League and the men's A League on the back of the Matildas and the Socceroos and get people in, interested and involved in that. If they have a look at it, it's bloody good. It's so interesting, right? So I still I still feel that people will turn on a game of football, and I'm going to say it's women's football, and they go, wow, the quality is amazing. And I mean, no one would ever say that about the men. No one would ever turn on and go, wow, the quality of the men and the the male athletes is so amazing. But they say that about the women. And I mean, the Women's World Cup proved that it's, it's incredible sport. They are incredible athletes and you take gender out of the equation. But absolutely, if I think about the start of the A-League season, really there is so much strength and records being broken and we're talking about the female athletes. We're talking about household names. We're talking about record crowds. We're talking about the feeling that you get when you're inside a stadium. And I think it's, it's, it's really powerful. You know, more kids play football than any other code. And... You can just see the ripple effect that, yes, the women, the Women's World Cup has had, but there is an incredible groundswell around women's football in this country, absolutely. And you get to see it week in, week out yep. with all the games here on hand. It's, it's, it's really awesome. Tara, just I love hearing the, uh, the passion shine through in your voice. It sounds to me, from all accounts, you have the absolute uh, dream job. It is pretty awesome. You know, I, I get to watch live sport. As a, as a job, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's great. For me, I love, watch, I, I love watching sport. I, I, you know, I'm a busy mum of two boys. Um, my husband obviously played sport. I was super sporty, but it's the best live entertainment for mine. It's unpredictable. You never know what's going to happen next. There's always drama. And to tell stories, I feel like my job is to, to tell stories tell a story, tell us what's happening, bring us closer to the action on the pitch. It's a, it's actually, it's such a privilege. It truly is. I've met some of the best people in my life, my life through my job. And, and honestly, I work with such a great team. It's not just on air, but behind the scenes as well. And it's, it is a dream job. It's, it's, it's incredible to be there uh, when some of the most incredible moments happen against the odds when it's Socceroos qualifying for the World Cup the long way, when it's, you know, the Matildas just getting through to um, the World Cup with a, with a, you know, a last gasp goal from Emily Van Egmont and you, it still has that impact and effect on you. You still, the heart's beating, it's racing and you, you can't believe what you're watching. And I think 
it's it's incredible live entertainment. Yeah. And you're a petrol head too, aren't you? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> look, I actually I actually drive an electric car, a BYD. Um, but I look, I love like Formula One, MotoGP. I'm covering. I know it was the um, Aussie Formula and Motorcycle Grand Prix on the weekend, and I worked with Daryl Beatty, who's just an absolute divine human and 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 such a kind person, and was a gun on two wheels. It's it's so much fun. It's exhilarating. There's all, it's great storylines. Well, you know, one of the biggest storylines is Marc Marquez is changing teams and cha- leaving Honda after 11 years and moving to Ducati, and then you watch the Formula One, and it's all about characters, right? It's, all, it's always about the big characters, the Max Verstappens, the Oscar Piastri's, what can the Aussie do, um, Danny Rick coming back. I mean, these, you know, for me, these are the lead characters that I like watching. I'm like, oh, great, I'm up to season 14. That's what it feels like for me when I'm, when I'm watching and covering all the sports. Tara, we uh, talked earlier about uh, coffee and uh, the daily caffeine fix that you like to have. What about, do you have any, a sweet tooth or any guilty pleasures? A sweet tooth. So I, when I think about this, I I love croissants. I just think croissants are amazing. (laughs) (laughs) When I think about croissants, I think about lockdown and we got in a habit, um, Lenny was, oh, so Lenny was younger and we'd, we'd, you know, push him in the stroller or get him on the back of the bike and, you know, you, you get your takeaway coffee and everyone was walking, but we'd be exercising and we'd always get takeaway croissants and there's this divine little place called I Love Butter and I swear, they have taken so much of my money and then they make these amazing pastries and I, it's just, it's just so yummy. Like I think about it and I salivate, but I love, I love a good buttery croissant and I don't need anything on it. Oh, just a plain one. So not an almond or a chocolate one? No, just give me plain any day. (laughs) I love it. Delicious. Very nice. Yum. Now, a dream dinner party guest, we we throw this one up, uh, dead or alive, uh, anyone you could invite you could have on your table, who would you you have, Tara? Okay, so if if it was my dream dinner party, I'd um, have to say Bex, so David Beckham. (laughs) Uh, who's <laughs> obviously um, quite you know newsworthy at the moment. Yes. Uh, yeah. So I'd say David Beckham, uh, my mum, who passed two years ago, obviously, um, and she'd love to chat to Bex, Elton John, <laughs> Serena Williams, and I mean Serena Williams is an incredible female athlete. Wow, and Will Farrell. But I would love him to come in character as Ron Burgundy. So Will Farrell would have to come as Ron Burgundy. And would you have Elton uh, performing on the night? Would you put him to work? Absolutely. Why not? I feel like Elton might just break out into song. I mean, if the company's good enough. Yeah, exactly. Why not? What uh, What role would your husband play, Cooper Cronk? What role would he play in this uh, dinner party scenario? Oh, wow, Cooper. I think. I don't know what what would Coop like. I, he he's such a good um, hostess with the mostest. He'd, he'd just say to me, he'd say, "Han, you cannot be cooking up your Mexican nachos to this big guest. So we're definitely going to have to do better than that." So I think he'd be incredible. I'm sure nachos wasn't on the menu. Um, and we, you know, we probably. I think we, he's a little bit adventurous. He likes to kind of stick to a plan. He likes a challenge. Hello, um, ex-professional athlete. That I feel like that's in his mindset. So he'd. He'd probably help me curate the menu and um, he'd like that. He'd like the challenge of creating and cooking something that he hadn't before. Oh, you could put him in a nice festive apron perhaps. 
store. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Speaking of preparing the uh, the the dinner, uh, we we like to usually finish up Tara just by asking our uh, guests: uh, Do you have a, a cooking or a kitchen tip to share? Okay, so my kitchen tip would be to not keep your knife block anywhere near your two and a half year old. Oh, um, and I think good tip. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Responsible for all the parents tip. out there, for all parents out there, because your kids always want to get on the kitchen bench. It doesn't matter what you're doing, but next minute they're on the kitchen bench. It's to always be aware of where your knives are. That's all I'm going to say. And I know it doesn't come to like cleaning and preparation, but it's you have to put them in the sink or you have to make sure they're out of reach because they just have two super active boys who sometimes, you know, Paw Patrol's on and then next minute there's a, a football like flying across the room and you're cutting up some vegetables, of course, to make my nachos. But that, that would be my tip. I love it. That's a fabulous tip. And what I've got to ask just before we finish, are you still running around having a kick with the Linfield Football Club or not? No, so I'm not, I hung up the boots. I know. You're oh, no. No, no Matilda's in. happy ending going on there. I went into retirement. But... Um, my five-year-old Lenny is flying the flag. His team are called the Meerkats. Um, at five years old, I've got to say the slide tackles are, wow, they're a little bit uh, eye-raising, eyebrow-raising, but I am happy to completely live vicariously through my children. <laughs> you become a soccer mum. <laughs> well, we'll we, look, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, <laughs> if Cooper has to take me off the sideline, we'll know that there's a problem. <laughs> Tara, thank you so much for your time. We're loving watching uh, all the action of the A-League on, uh, on 10 and uh, I'm watching your work and we appreciate you being on our show. Thanks so much. Thank you. Kevin and Sarah, thank you so much for your time. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. A busy mum, a yes. terrific television presenter and just a nice human Wasn't being. that a cracking tip right there at the end? <laughs> <laughs> I just had I had just had visions of Paw Patrol and then footballs flying through the air and bouncing <laughs> off the kitchen bench while yep. Tara's in the middle of preparing nachos. I had visions of the new idea reporters going, Tara Rushton in knife drama at home. <laughs> no. Tara Rushton and Cooper Cronk in knife oh, drama. Oh, wasn't she terrific? Thank no, you so God. much, Tara. Yeah, absolutely. Salt of the earth. Let's get to the food pole. Speaking of salt. Well, pepper more in this case. Well, yes, in I your reckon. case. You like oh. pepper on, these, on both of these things. Mashed potato, your little mashed spuddies, yep. or... Your corn on the cob. Let's right. start with Amanda, who says she loves mash with loads of butter. Artie says, look, I love my mashies, although I've moved away from using milk in mine. I throw in a raw egg before mashing oh. it. makes it very smooth. Oh, and I've, t- I've been told that when you put the milk in, don't put it in cold, put it in warm. Oh, and okay. it makes Well, it makes less lumps, fewer lumps. We just lumps. bought one of those ricer things and that's, oh, fixed, you love your that's ricer. fixed mashed potatoes forever. Yes. Beautiful. Peter says he loves both. Jolene says both. Anne Lee both. I love them both. Love them both. So hard to choose, says Silvana. But Kerry says corn. Steve says mashed potato. Kim says taters. Jim Wilson says corn on the cob, done on the barbecue. Daylight Oh, yeah. Second. It's great on the barbie. It is nice. It gets that really char. I'll say. <sighs> love that. <laughs> Mark says corn, just salt, pepper, chilli, 
and Ooh, butter. Oh, now you're talking Steve O. Roy Boy 29 says mash first, second, and third, oh. as long as there's gravy. Yeah. Ooh, I do like gravy. Brad Spicer. Woohoo! There's a big name coming up to the you know, spring carnival. Don't, I don't game. care about corn or mashed potato, Brad Spicer. Give me the Melbourne oh, Cup well, winner. Yeah, but now he says mash, hands down for him. Cherie says, I'll go the mash, thanks. Sue says mash all the way. Patricia says corn, thank well, you. Thank you. That's very polite. Yes, yeah, true. Old Croaky says no contest. Mashed potato is the key. Of comfort food. Well, Nothing better than to stir through butter and a few large spoonfuls of Vegemite. Oh, I thought you were going to say gravy. Kevin's nose crinkles. Oh, no, 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 no. I've heard, I've heard that's butte. Oh, Gives it a nice, just little bang of savoury. Can I flavor. ask? That must happen by accident. When that originally happens to well, you, it no, must I, be by accident. I don't you don't think do so. You, don't... you put Vegemite in casseroles and all kinds of things. Yeah, just okay. gives it, it just zhuzhes things up a bit. Okay. Glenn says mash buds are life. Righto. Ms. Sandy Crack Fair says, enough. well, it would have been a dead heat, but I am on a low carb diet, so it is no to both of them. Oh. Wouldn't the corn get a Guernsey? That's Surely. not much fun. No. Ann Peacock says, got the corn on the cob ready to go oh, for tonight. good on you, Annie. Taylor says, corn. Rachel, both. Terry says, taters, thanks. Lauren says, has to be mashed potatoes for me, Pato. I've now taken to adding garlic, oh. butter and herbs to oh. make mine when using them to top cottage pies and it's really added an oh, extra level. Yes, cottage pies like your shepherd I pie. I love shepherd's Yo, pies. Oh, I know. Yes. Too hot for that kind of food. Sue says corn. Glenn says, well, Paddo, look, I tossed a coin and mashed tater one, two out of three. Okay. Sue Hosking says both with gravy. Yum. Lydia says definitely both with real butter yes. on both. Marilyn says both, but my dad grew the best sweet corn. Okay. Yum. Davin says corn on the cob with a very generous dob of butter. Yes, it has to be generous. A dob. It just slides off is the problem. How Give do you get dob. the butter to stay on? Davin's a dobber. <laughs> Dib, dib, dob. Yes. <laughs> Leo, he says both. I love Ka- both. Kathleen says both with plenty of butter and salt. No pepper, oh, not salt. Yeah, no salt. Salt, sort of a sweet and savoury. Mm. Anyway. Sharon says depends on what they are being served with, like both, literally. Uh, Robbie Elliott says corn. Eddie says corn. Karen says mashed potato. And Rebecca says ugh. Neither. They're both so gross. Well, Rebecca. Now let's go to the tally room because the counting oh. the counting is still going on and the scrutineers yeah. have been in and we've had a very heavy scrut. Oh. And both have come up. Thanks, John Blackman. I thought you were inscrutable. <laughs> John Blackman used to do that joke all the time yes. on Hey Hey. Uh, both 30%. Ah. Corn, 33%. Oh. <gasps> And the mash, 37. Oh, mash just gets just, over the line. Yeah, just. It's very close. Very just close sticks indeed. the spud out and it just gets past. There you go. Uh, so uh, 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 amazing response. Thank you so I, much look, for all the responses. Not that anyone's asking me, but I'd go the corn. Well, yeah. No. I, I, no. I'm actually going to be both. I, and you? I, you know well, how much I despise. That, well, that, Kevin, that. that's not allowed. Uh, well, Pick one or the other. No, it is now uh, because this one is so close and I love the, I do oh. love them both. Well, you've got to kind of have them both on the same dish, don't you, if you have a, a roast dinner? No, I'd go the other way. I, I wouldn't have the corn with uh, oh. uh, mashed tady. Oh, mashed tady and snags. Oh, yum. <laughs> You're getting very dithery <laughs> in your old age. Can't what? you pick between them? If push came to shove, I reckon it would be spuds for you. If push came to shove. Yes. 
There you go. Yes, I know be. you very yeah. well. Yeah. I know you better so, than you know yourself. No, Mash would Mash would just uh. would just just for whisker, just by whisker. Mm. Uh, thanks for being part yeah. of the food poll. Yes. Don't forget, look for it on our social media platforms. Mm. And uh, thank you very much to Tara Rushton for being just a wonderful human being mm. to talk to and a terrific guest for our program. Yes. Uh, we'll see you next time on Food Bites with her. <laughs> the one who knows me better than I know myself. Be What's there. your name again? Be there or be square. Thanks for listening to Food Bites. Check out our Facebook page for recipes, tips and all the latest news. That's Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier.